0: Thank you, Lord. Would you turn with me this morning to Ephesians three and Second Corinthians four? Ephesians three and Second Corinthians four. Now, while you're turning there, let me remind you that uh, I, I have, uh, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, we talked to you about giving me some names from among yourselves of people that we can appoint uh, on a board concerning the church finances. And I want you to be thinking about that and praying about that and and, uh, be ready for next Sunday to write down on on a piece of paper and put in the offering bucket a name or names. Uh, You can put two or three people down if you want to. And uh, of people that you believe in that you would select from among yourselves that would represent you on a board concerning the church finances we already have a board have had for years actually decades and uh... uh, officers and everything in place but i've always felt that a church should have representation out of itself concerning the finances of the church And so uh, I want you to be praying about and thinking about uh, individuals that you would select. Uh, The Scripture talks about they should be people of wisdom. They should be people of faith. They should be people of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Bible talks about that they should have a good report with them that are without. They need to be people that are respected and, and held in esteem in the community. And, of course, the people that you believe you can trust, they need to be people that uh, have been hooked up with us uh, more than just a day or two, you understand, and people that really believe in the church and in us, and they will be be, uh, designating everything that concerns any salaries about us in the future. You need to have that in mind. They will be representing you in your finances. And uh, they need to be people that you're convinced uh, can hear from God and that believe in this church and are a part of this church. Now, don't select yourself. (laughs) Right? Everybody clear on what we're talking about here? Pray about these things. Think about them. Come prepared next Sunday. We'll probably do it at least two Sundays. So if somebody wasn't there uh, that Sunday, they might be there the next and uh, you can write down, you know, two or three names if you want to, and we'll take all these and uh, and see uh, if there's a pattern, if somebody, you know, one person or two or three are being mentioned more than others, and then we're gonna bring these before the Lord. We're gonna pray about it, and uh, then I'll, if I, if we have the officers have uh, some of these individuals on our hearts that we think would be good, then I'll present these before my other board members and uh, give them a chance to see what they say about it. And we may not appoint a bunch at once. There may just be one, and then we may add another one, and then we'll, as we do, we'll let you know uh, your selections and then the final decisions. Everybody okay with that? Yes, All right. Pray. Don't, just, don't just do this haphazardly. Pray about it. Uh, I've been around a little while, and I have seen a lot of problems. With churches and boards and deacons, I've seen church splits, and we're not having those. Right. Amen. Hmm? Amen. Uh, you, you'll find that, that we lead very definitely, and uh, we one, one reason, one way that you can avoid mistakes is by moving slowly and carefully and not doing anything until you've heard from the Lord about it, Amen. right? It's always better to, to wait and be sure than to make a mistake and then have to backtrack. Amen. And um, so so anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Pray about it. Think about it. Be prepared next Sunday. Uh, have a little piece of paper with you or something that you can write on. You don't have to write your name on it, uh, on, on that you're the one that s- selected these individuals. They don't have to know that you selected them. But just write some of these names down, we'll take them all together, look at them, pray over them, and let you know uh, what witness we have and, and our, our board as well. is we usually have board meetings uh, in January about this anyway, so we're preparing for these things. Have you found your scriptures? Ephesians 3 and second, Corinthians four. In Ephesians 3, very familiar passage of Scripture to many, and one that Phyllis and I had been reading, the Lord dealt with us to read this over ourselves. back before we ever came here. Uh, we were reminiscing because we came here January 1st last year to Branson, had not a clue that we'd be doing this a year later. But all we, we had something about Branson in our heart. That's all we knew. And so we came up here and just holed up in a little condo that we had rented and, and just prayed and drove around and looked. Of course, you know this is the slow season now. It's getting quiet around here now. And, and uh, we just, it was cold, colder than it is right now. And we just, uh, we, we kind of remotely thought the Lord might be dealing with us to relocate our ministry. A church wasn't even on the horizon in our minds at that point. And then we went back and had some meetings in Florida. It's always nice to go to Florida in January. Had two weeks. A lot of times we'd have two or three-week meetings at a time down there. That's neat. <laughs> and uh, then we came back, uh, and by the time we could get back up here again, it was in February. And so uh, it was, I mean, the whole time we were down in Miami, we were thinking about Branson. I mean, it got to the point where we are just thinking, Branson, Branson, Branson. What is it about Branson? But we knew we couldn't wait to get back. <laughs> and so we came back, and uh, what well, was about the middle of February, and then we, uh, the Lord, I've talked about it, I won't go into detail, but He caused us to know about this property that was available, and... Uh, You know the rest of the story, the end of March, we had our first service, and things really moved quickly. In fact, some of the lawyers in St. Louis that were dealing with some of the papers, they wanted to hire Phyllis. They said, we never seen something come together so quick in our lives. But it wasn't just Phyllis, it was the Lord. Amen. Amen. And the Lord has blessed us, and we're thankful, and this is just the beginning. Amen. Amen. In Ephesians 3.20, we were reading this over ourselves. Phyllis, let me see that out of the Amplified if you have that there. Uh, We read this over ourselves still every day when we read our chapters that we're reading. How many are reading your chapters with us? I hope that you are. If you're not, start with us on Monday. What is it? Ephesians 3. Right here. Yeah. Start right here, Monday, Ephesians three and then every day we read a chapter together the whole church then is hearing the same thing from the lord it produces unity it feeds your spirit please do it it's very important and in ephesians 3:20 in the amplified it says now to him who by and in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose And do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all ages forever and ever. Amen. Amen. King James says he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we've asked or thought. He's able to. Do, is he able to exceed what you've thought or asked? Yes. Yeah. But now notice that next phrase. How is he able to do it? According to the power that is at work within us. So there is something that's connected with us that allows him and enables him to exceed, to do. How I many understand? This is God doing something in your life, right? He's doing things that exceed what you prayed about, that exceed what you thought and what you desired and what you talked about. The Amplified says infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Can God top what you thought? Has He ever done it for you? that you were thinking about one thing and praying about it and then he did it and you thought, man, that's way better than what I was thinking about. Amen. When we first got here, uh, even with this property, I mean, uh, I told Phyllis, I, she was looking at some things and I was staying in doing some extra praying and I said, well, you know, maybe let's get something that might have an auditorium of two or three hundred, maybe five hundred. I said, because we might want to do some TV. I'm not thinking about a church. And... Uh, we saw one place and it had about that. And we thought, yeah, but you know, that may be beyond where we are right now. <laughs> well, this place is five times what that was. It's exceeding abundantly above what we've asked or thought. Amen. Is God able to do that in your life, in your business, in your personal life, in your ministry? Yes he is, but how is he able to do it? Is there anything going on in you that allows him to do it? It's according to the power that is at work in you. There's something going on in you. Amen. Amen. How many know there, there can be things going on inside you that's beyond what you know. Amen. You ever got excited about something? Just inside? And yet, in your head, you don't know why? Anybody ever had had that? We've had that numerous times. Phyllis was telling me just the other day. She said, I'm so excited in my spirit. I said, why? She said, I don't know. (laughs) And I I, I get that. What does that mean? See, your heart knows things. Your head doesn't know. Because God's inside you. And you can pick up things from Him. And He knows the future. And how many know that He's thought good thoughts concerning us? He's got a good and a rich and a great plan for us if we'll follow Him, if we'll obey Him, if we'll serve Him and believe Him. Oh, what good things. And even the highest we can think and the highest we can ask and pray, if we'll let that be working in us according to what He wants, He will exceed and do exceeding abundantly above what we have thought are asked. everybody say according to the power that works within us. Now turn over to second Corinthians please, fourth chapter, second Corinthians and chapter four. Let's talk about this power that's at work within us. And keep your ears open and and, and don't sleep because this applies to the new year that you and I are coming into. And this is far exceeding a new year's resolution. How many believe the Lord has good things He wants to do for us in this upcoming year? 2 Corinthians and the fourth chapter. In verse 18, 2 Corinthians 4, 18 says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hear that first part again. We look not at the things which are seen, but, in other words, but we look at the things that are not seen. How can you look at things that are not seen? But it obviously is a very big key, right? Do you have a choice? You can look at what's seen out in this realm, or you can look at something else. Hmm? Is there something else to look at? Yeah. Let's say you're attacked in your body and you got pain and you got problems. You can look at that. If you look at that and you think about that and you talk about that, it'll depress you. It'll put you in fear that maybe you're going to get worse, maybe you're going to die. Right? It'll distress you. It'll rob you of your joy and your peace, your faith. Can you look at something else? Is there something else you can look at? Yes. Something that's not seen in this realm, but very real and obviously seeable. Amen. Everybody say out loud. Seeing see. the, unseen. the unseen. What else could you look at? Hmm? Can you Can you see a picture of redemption in the Word? Does the picture portray Him taking our infirmities? Bearing our sicknesses, carrying our pains, and by His stripes us being healed. Can you see that by faith? Can you see that in your heart? Can you see that inside yourself? Yes, you can. Can that be as real to you and even more real to you than what you see out here? Yes, it can. And that's what faith is all about. If you got bills piled up on the table, you can look at that, the thing that is seen. And you can think about how much it adds up to. And you can think about how much you're going to get paid and how much that's, how that's not nearly enough to cover all that. And if you look at that, it'll depress you. It'll put you in fear. It'll bring you down. Could you look at anything else? Can you? What else could you see? Does the word paint a picture? Did the Bible say that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich? Did the scripture say, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, that nothing's too hard for him. Nothing's impossible with him. Did it say, that He had caused us to always have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. Just like we are reading a while ago, He gives us power to get wealth. Amen? Can you look at that instead of the bills? Can that be as real to you as the bills are and even more real? Can it? Can you look at that which is not seen? Yes, you can. Now, back in the third chapter, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17. 1 Corinthians 3 and 17. Now, the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's uncomfortableness. Huh? Everybody's stiff. Hmm? Scared to say anything? Everybody's religious. No. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, everybody's wanting to hurry up and get out of service. Huh? Well, you you do understand that there are thousands of churches all over the U.S. where people are just biding their time right now. Huh? Thinking, I wish that preacher would shut up. I've got to (laughs) go. Hadn't he talked enough? Well, if it's it's that bad, if it's that boring, why go? Right? Right? If you don't enjoy a church, either one of two things. Either you at the wrong church or you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy prayer, you're not doing it right. If you don't enjoy reading your Bible, you're not doing it right. Because when you're doing it right, there's life. There's quickening. Amen. 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 When you yield to the Spirit, there's freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You ever got set free in a service? Oh, I have. I have. The word of the Lord come to you and show you something, and you see something, and set you free from something's been hampering you, hindering you for years. Say out loud where the Spirit of the Lord is. There's, the the Lord. There's liberty. There's liberty. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, you everybody needs to be a part of a good church family. You do. If you can be more blessed at another church than here, if you can do more for for God at another church than here, I insist you go. Hmm? But if you bounce from church to church to church and all you can find is fault with the churches you've been to, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Get a clue. Right? I mean, you can't be happy anywhere. You can't receive anywhere. Well, I'm looking for the right church. I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, if you found it and joined it, you'd mess it up. Churches are made up of people. Ministers are people. And the biggest fault with ministers and the other members is that they're like you. They're human. They don't know everything. They can yield to the flesh. They can make a mistake. So you're not going to find that kind of perfection in this life. Oh, but you can find the Spirit. I said you can find the Spirit. You can find the anointing. And you can find the place where you know I fit. I feel like I belong. Amen. The Spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. You need to have that in life. He said where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Liberty. Freedom. You can say amen. Amen. You can sing loud with the music. Amen. Amen. You can lift your hands and wave them in the air and praise God. Amen. Amen. Free to pray. Free to give. Free to work. Free to do things. He said, verse 18, but we all with open face, that means nothing covering our face, beholding or looking. Well, see, if your face is uncovered, then you can see. You can look as in a glass or a mirror, we'd say today. We are with uncovered face looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord. We are what? Changed. Into the same image. Changed into what you're looking at. And how are you changed? It's progressive from glory to glory, and it's by the agency of the Spirit, by the Spirit of the Lord. You and I are spirit beings of a spirit God. God's a spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And as spirits, we feed on vision. That's a big part of what makes us tick. That's one reason that uh, TV and the Internet and movies and that kind of thing, video and audio, are so prevalent and popular is because as spirits, that's what we live off of is vision. But you have to be careful what you, what you feed on because you can watch and listen to the wrong thing and let the wrong thing get in you. Right. But with God... This has been from the beginning. As God, He had in Himself, He could see the heavens and the earth. He could see animal life and plant life and human life. He had that all inside Himself and the vision of it inside Himself before it ever was. And He spoke out of Himself, released His faith through His words, and said, Light be. And what he could see inside himself became out here. Amen. Amen. And then he did that with with the uh, plant life and animal life and including uh, mankind, us as well. And you and I are created in his likeness and image. We operate on exactly the same principle. We get things inside ourselves. We can see it inside. And then in with words of faith we speak it out and uh, spiritual forces go to work to cause it to come to pass in our life. That's why the enemy is all the time trying to get us to see ourselves as failures. Trying to get us to see ourselves as weak, get ourselves see ourselves as defeated, see ourselves as hopeless. Oh, but you won't see that in the word. You won't see that in the redemptive reality. You get to looking in the scripture and you'll see yourself in Christ. You'll see yourself more than a conqueror. You'll see yourself an overcomer. You'll see yourself somebody that always triumphs. You'll see yourself increasing and growing rich. and Growing stronger and being healthy and and living long. If you can see that strongly inside you and begin to say it and act on it, it will come to pass in your life. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual principle. Read this again, please. Second Corinthians 3, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass or mirror the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image From glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's a spiritual law. You become what you behold. I said you become what you behold. You know, I heard somebody deliberating and fussing about a while back. They said, well, you know, uh, we're not sure. They they were trying to say that, you know... uh, All this extreme violence and all this uh, sexual explicitness in movies and in books has an effect on people it's caused sexual crime to increase and all these things and other and the people that produce this says, "Oh no no it, it doesn't and then they're talking to people in prison how did you get started how did you wind up becoming a sexual predator and they all said they started reading these books they started watching these things they started feeding on it they could see it inside themselves and you do that long enough you're going to start acting on it you're going to start being what you see well, what if you stayed in the Bible? What if you saw Jesus all the time? Amen. I said, what if you saw Jesus in the Gospels? and What if you saw Him in the epistles? What if you saw Him and thought about Him? That would get in you. You'd begin to talk that and you would be what His plan is. You would be Jesus reproduced in the earth so that when people saw you, they'd see Him. The apostles in the book of Acts, it said they began to do miracles. There were healings. There were deliverances. And the people took note of them that they had been with Jesus. Why? They hung around with him for three and a half years and saw him doing all this. And it got inside them. And they got to the point where they could see them doing it. And they did. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can have it. You become what you behold. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual principle. Go back with me to Genesis 30, please. Genesis, the 30th chapter. You like this this morning? Boy, I do. What's your New Year's resolution, Brother Keith? Well, it ain't about that. It ain't about resolutions. It's about vision. Amen? I want to see. I want to see what the Lord wants me to see. I want to see it clear and strong and get it in me. Start saying it. Start acting on it so it can come to pass in my life. In Genesis, the 30th chapter, are you there? This is the story of Jacob and how he went and served with Laban for these years. And you know the story. He said he wanted to marry... Laban's daughter Rachel and you know how that on the wedding night uh, Laban slipped in the other girl he must have drunk a lot of wine that night didn't know he was with the wrong woman till the morning but anyway he said I'll serve you another seven years for Rachel and he's there for 14 years plus and, and Jacob his name meant supplanter he was a tricker Remember how he tricked his daddy with goat skins on his arms and wearing his brother's clothes and how he tricked him into getting the blessing. Well, the tricker found the master tricker, though, when he went to work for Uncle Laban. He failed to read the small print in the contract time after time. And the scripture said that Laban changed his wages ten times. 10 times he came up on the short end of the stick. Well, the Lord had mercy on him, though. And here, right before he's supposed to go out, he's worked all these years, and he really know how much to show for it. And the Lord wanted to help him out and send him out with something. And so he had a dream, and in this dream, he saw... Everybody say, saw. saw. He saw something that concerned... Speckled and spotted cows and sheep. You remember that? And so he told Laban, okay, this is down in about the uh, 31st and 2nd and 3rd verses of chapter 30. He told Laban, okay, this is what we're going to do from now on. You take out all the spotted and speckled cows from all your herds, you separate them. And from now on, every spotted cow is mine. Every speckled and striped goat or sheep is mine. That way, if you see a solid color cow in my pen, you know I stole him. But what was the other side of that? If we see a speckled cow in your pen, we know you you got one of my cows. This should have been something that was foolproof. And so he agreed to it. He said, all right, from now on, the speckled and the spotted and the brown will be yours. Now look what happened. Verse 37, Genesis thirty thirty-seven. Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of hazel and chestnut tree. And these are our rods or our limbs off of trees. And he peeled white streaks in them and made the white appear which was in the rod. What what did he do? He made stripes. Right? And specks and spots on these rods. What kind of cows did he want? Stripes and specks and spots. Because every one of them, every calf that spotted is his. Every lamb born that's spotted, every goat that's spotted and striped is his. And verse 38, he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters in the watering troughs. And when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. Now, when, when the flocks came and were drinking, a lot of times that's when they would conceive. And he knew that. And when the, when the cow's got her head down in the water trough, she's looking in one certain spot. He wants that cow to see spots. He wants that goat and that sheep to see spots and stripes and specks when they're conceiving. So he puts this vision I'm sure if he If he had lived in our day And he could have put TV monitors up there He'd have probably put They didn't have those But he got the next best thing He got him some rods And some limbs And he made some spots And some stripes And the cows As they were drinking water And they conceived there at, At the watering trough And the sheep and the goats They were seeing spots and stripes And in verse 39 And the flocks did what? Verse 39, the flocks conceived before the rods, they're looking at the rods, and they brought forth cattle, ring-straked, speckled, and spotted. Isn't that something? And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring-straight and all the brown. Verse 41, it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, Jacob laid the rods before the eyes, everybody say before the eyes. before the eyes, of the cattle in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods, but when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. This wasn't just a haphazard thing. I mean, he's controlling the conception and of these, he'd see a poor cow and he'd take the rod out. He said, I don't want to cave out of that cow. And when the strong cows were in, he put the rods back in. So they're seeing spots. And verse 42, when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and made servants and men servants and camels and asses. And they were all speckled and spotted and striped. but They were big and healthy. Glory to God, does this work? If it would work for a cow, (laughs) if it would work on a sheep or a goat, surely it would work on a born-again, spirit-filled child of God. Amen. Amen. Does it make any difference what you keep in front of your eyes? Oh, boy, does it naturally? but even how much more so spiritually. How many realize now Just like we read there's two kinds of looking. There's looking at things seen, which that can get in your spirit. But then there's also looking at things that are not seen. Have you ever read a book and you could just see it while you're reading it? Huh? Sure. Words paint pictures. You know, I could start describing to you I was uh, just at my home in Mississippi where I was born and, and, and reared. And uh, we, got, we got some land out there. And it's, uh, uh, it's Mississippi with pine trees, big pine trees everywhere. And we got an oak tree out in the front that is uh, almost 100 years old. And it's about 30 feet around. Gigantic. And the limbs come all the way down to the ground and there's a big swing up under it. (laughs) That's where you sit out there and do your talking and thinking and napping. (laughs) And there's rolling hills and there's springs. Water that just bubbles up out of the ground. Now while I'm talking, can you see anything? Well, when you... Read the Scripture. Can you see anything? Do these words paint pictures? Do they reveal the glory of God? They do. And as you behold and look at that glory of God, what did that Scripture say happens? Come on, help me out now. As you, as you look at the glory of God, it says we are changed. We are changed. We are changed from glory to. To glory, hallelujah! It's a progressive thing. Glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah! If you could see something different inside you, would it affect your life? Yes, yes. no question about it. Now I want you to turn with me to the book of uh, John, John chapter five. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can have it. That means if you can see you having it. It's not enough for you to see me having it. You got to see you having it. Right? Can you see you with one? I tell the story about airplanes. In 96, the Lord got us into aviation. We didn't have any money for aviation. I didn't know the front of an airplane from the back of one. I kid you not. Just as ignorant as you could be about the subject. And the Lord began to deal with us. Get into it. Get into aviation. And he dealt with me on that first airplane. He said, I don't want you to borrow on this. You just sow seed and believe me. Well, that's one of the biggest things I'd ever believe for. It seemed hard. And one of the biggest challenges is not that for God to do it. How many understand it's a, that's a small thing? For a God who creates planets. Are you kidding? But the challenge is not with him, it's with me. And I could see Brother Copeland having an airplane. He would had them for years. I could see him and Miss Gloria flying around in one. That wasn't a problem for me to see. But seeing me in one, driving it, I couldn't see it. I'd try to see me with an airplane. And I'm from Mississippi. And I grew up poor. I didn't know anybody in my family that ever had an airplane. And to, to get one without a loan? Oh, it looked so hard. And and the challenge was getting it in me. Getting this in my spirit so I'd look at it. And Brother Copeland was kind to me. He said, get up in my airplane and make airplane noises. <laughs> and so I'd get up in his and spit on the windshield. <laughs> and try to see me with one and still I'd get out of it and I'd see uh, it was his you know what I'm saying it was his I'd look back in the back that's where Miss Gloria rode not where Phyllis rode and I'd try to get that airplane inside me and the wings were too wide they wouldn't go and the tail was too high it wouldn't, it wouldn't fit in And I looked at airplanes, and I talked about airplanes, and I I confessed, but it wasn't real to me. I mean, know what I'm talking about? But over a period of time, I finally got to the place where I could see me behind the yoke, Amen. amen, of my airplane. And I looked back in the back, and there was Phyllis. Hey, having a good time back there? And I got the wings inside, and I got the Amen. tail inside, and after that, it was less than a year oh, till I had one in the hangar paid for, Amen. paid for. Thank Amen. You, Lord. Thank Amen. Amen. The challenge wasn't getting God to do it. The challenge was me seeing me with one. Can you see you with a good car? Can you see you in a good house? Can see? Can you see you... Writing big checks. Amen to missions and churches and ministries. Can you see you doing it? If you can see you doing it and you begin to look at that instead of what you Don't look at your bank account right now. Don't look at your job, your income. Don't look at the economy. Don't look at that. Look at the things that are seen. Look at the things that are not seen. Can you see you having it and you doing it on the That's what Phyllis is talking about writing that list out. We wrote that on our list in '96. I trembled. My hand trembled while I wrote it down. Amen. Nice airplane. Amen. I thought, oh boy. Ooh, we're reaching now. <laughs> now in 2003, I'm on my third one. Praise and when I wrote that down, it seemed so far-fetched. Said out loud, if I can see it, I can, it. I can, have, it. I can have it. If I can see me with it, I can have it. If I can see me doing it, I can do it. If I can see me as that, I can be that. Glory to God. What if you look into the glory of God? You will see things and the scripture says you will be changed. It doesn't happen all at once but the changes occur Progressively, from glory to glory, you're changed into what you're looking at. You become what you behold. Now, in John, the fifth chapter, I want you to see this is how Jesus operated himself. He's our perfect example. John 5. John 5 and verse 19, Jesus says this. John 5:19. Jesus said to them, verily, verily, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of Himself. Was that true? He said it. What could Jesus do as Jesus when He was on the earth? Don't be afraid to answer. Just read the book. Huh? Nothing. He emptied Himself and became like other men. What can you and I do of ourself in our own strength? Nothing. But what did Jesus do? What he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also do the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son and what? Shows. Shows him all things that himself doeth. And he will what? Show him greater works than these that you may marvel. All the works in the ministry of Jesus were the result of this operation. Jesus would see it and he would do it. He would hear it and he would say it. Go to the eighth chapter, please. John. Chapter 8. You'll see a correlation here between the passage we read where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. liberty. And then all we with open face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, were changed into that same image from glory to glory. Listen to this. John 8, 32 says, You'll know the truth, and what? Truth the truth shall make you free. Verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. One translation says unquestionably free. Really free. In verse 38, notice what he said. Just, just a couple of verses later, he said, I speak that which I have what? Seen. seen with my Father, and you do that which you have seen with your Father. Talking about the devil. Faith is not just a mechanical thing. Do this, push this button, pull this lever, and this happens. Faith is the result of a living fellowship with God. You can't have faith in me unless you know me to some degree. And the further you know me and the more and the better you know me, the more faith you could have in me. I can't have faith in you beyond what I know of you. And you can't have faith in God beyond what you know of Him. And so those who know Him best are going to have the faith the most. Amen. The greatest. Getting to know Him, you get to know His will. You get to know His ability. You get to know His faithfulness. Like the Apostle Paul says, I know him in whom I have believed. I know him. Not just what he said. My faith is not just in ink and paper. My faith is not just in a book. My faith is in the person who said the words that are recorded in the book. Amen. And over the years, the more I've gotten to know him, the easier faith is. When you know somebody and they've come through for you again and again and again, they've never lied to you, they've never let you down, it gets easier, doesn't it, to trust them, should. Got no reason to doubt. Got no reason to question them, to fear they won't come through for you. Here's the question. How did Jesus see these things? How did he hear them? Because it's going to be the same way we do. He did it through fellowship with the Father. Don't over-spectacularize these things. When we start talking about spending time with Him, when we start talking about seeing things, people so many times just gravitate to the most spectacular. And they think about having open visions and seeing Jesus, being caught up to heaven, seeing angels hearing audible voices. These things can happen. They they have, they do. But they don't happen for everybody. And they certainly don't happen all the time. They're the exception, not the rule. You could go all your life and never see an angel, never hear the audible voice of God, and it wouldn't mean you're unspiritual. It wouldn't mean anything's wrong with you. God just didn't see fit to move in that spectacular way. And yet... You can be hearing him and you can be seeing him. Amen. There are different levels and degrees of vision. The lowest type of vision is very similar to the highest type of revelation. And it's just a seeing inside yourself. Have you ever been reading the Bible and just look up and say, I see that? Huh? Mean, you don't mean you had an open vision. Didn't mean you fell into a trance. But it is real spiritual seeing. Amen. And this is what feeds your spirit. And this is how you're to operate. You might be in a a service. You might be listening to a tape. Or you might be in a a meeting. And something come across in the preaching and teaching. And you thought, man, I see that. Maybe you didn't even say it, but inside yourself, you're thinking, "Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. I see that. I see that. That's real. I said, that's real. And that's what he's talking. That's the way we're supposed to live. Now, when you see these things from the Word of God, they're precious. And you need to make an effort to hold on to them and to keep them in front of you. Because so many times when you're in a service or you're in prayer or uh, you're reading the Bible or reading a good book, a Christian book or something, uh, you're more in the Spirit than you realize you are. Have you ever seen something real clearly? And thought, well, man, that's so real to me, I'll never forget that. And two days later, you couldn't remember it? Does that ever happen? Yeah, Yeah, because you were more in the Spirit than you realized you were. Then when you get back more in the natural, it's gone. That's why you need to write some things down sometime. And you need to make an effort to keep it in front of you because when you keep it in front of you, it's like, like... Jacob did with his cows keeping those spots and specks and stripes in front of his cows then they conceived it inside their self and they carried it inside their self until it was produced outside in this realm can you say amen how do you see with the father how do you fellowship with him I'm going to give you three major ways that you see Three major ways that you fellowship with Him. Number one, you fellowship with the, with the Lord and you see in the Word. Number one. it's one reason we want you reading these chapters every day, Monday through Friday. At least do this. Do everything else you want to do on top of that. You want to sit up half the night and read the Bible. Help yourself. Amen. But don't just read it to be reading. Be fellowshipping. That's why I encourage you to pray just a quick prayer before you start reading your chapter. This is fellowship. Say, Lord, thank you for your word. And open my eyes to see good things out of your word. Remind me of what you've shown me before. And show me new things. Quicken me. Feed me. And then read in faith. And listen, just like the Lord was sitting there beside you telling you this. This is fellowship. Right? Right? And in that mode of fellowship with Him through His Word, you will see things. You'll see that you're healed by His stripes. You'll see you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. You'll see you've been set free and delivered and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You will see good things. Number one, fellowship with Him and you see through the Word. Number two, fellowship with Him in prayer and see in prayer. Anybody ever seen anything while you were praying? There are different different degrees of seeing. You don't have to have an open vision per se. You can see it in your mind's eye, that we use that term sometime before. It can come to you just almost like a thought. And you just see it and know it on the inside. But again, it must be fellowship, not just ritual. And here's how you can tell. If you hear somebody say, Oh, boy, I put in a whole hour of praying today. Well, is that how you think when you talk to your friends? Oh, boy, I was able to talk to them for a whole hour. Thought I wasn't going to make it, but... When you're talking to somebody that you enjoy their company, you enjoy their fellowship, are you thinking, I'm talking. Come on, I've got to keep talking now. Talk at least 30 minutes. I'm talking. But see, people do that with prayer, don't they? They're, they're saying things, thinking, I'm praying. I want to pray a little bit longer. I'm praying. Well, then you're not really fellowshipping with Him. When you're really fellowshiping with Him in prayer, you can lose track of time. Amen. When you're really doing the most good, you're not watching the clock. You're not thinking about, I'm praying. You're just, I mean, so, some of the best times of prayer I've had with the Father with the Lord, I just get to talking to Him. I get to thinking about things. He gets to bringing thoughts to my mind and I'm talking to Him. Sometimes just praising, sometimes giving thanks, sometimes praying in the Spirit and you get caught up in a line of thinking and you begin to see some things. You begin to hear some things and an hour, two, three has passed. That's real prayer. And that's big fun. If you're not enjoying it, you're not doing it right. Going through rituals and vain repetitions and doing the same thing and just putting in your time. That's not prayer. That's not real prayer. Real prayer is communion. It's fellowship. Just like you like to get with your friends and your family and talk. Have you ever been talking with family and saw something and they begin to describe something? You say, I'll see that. Seeing. So seeing with, through the Word, seeing through prayer, and number three we've already talked about, you see things as you fellowship with God with other people. God's not only in you, He's in me. He's in your brother, your sister. He's in all of us that are really born again. And as we're fellowshipping with each other, we'll see things. That's why it's good to have fellowship. That's why the scripture says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That includes not only services like this, but it's good for you to get together after church. Amen. Amen. Talk about what we preached about. Talk about what you read last week in the scriptures. Talk about what you've been seeing and thinking. Realize other people have the Holy Ghost beside you. Other people see things beside you. Listen. Right? And you'll see God in other people. And you'll see things. I want us to, to give ourselves to some extra uh, prayer and extra waiting on the Lord over the course of the next few weeks as we come into this new year. How many of we don't we don't need to wait till the end of two thousand three to see what the Lord wants us to do? Amen. Let's see it in the front. Right. Amen. And uh, when I say wait on the Lord, don't think you have to be in your bedroom, knelt by the bed, to fellowship with God. The Bible says pray without ceasing. I believe it was Brother Smith Wigglesworth who was uh, known to have said, somebody asked him, you know, how long do you usually pray? And I think he said, well, I don't usually pray over about 10 or 15 minutes. They look shocked. He said, but I don't usually go over 10 or 15 minutes without praying, though, he said. What's he saying? Pray without ceasing. But now see, if you have a religious mentality that you think, oh, dear God, I can't do that. You mean you can't talk to somebody? You are talking to somebody, right? A lot of folk just talk without ceasing, period. <laughs> but if you can talk without ceasing, you could pray without ceasing. You could commune with God, Right? That just means all the time you're riding in your car, you're sweeping the floor, you're making a bed, you're cooking a meal. Instead of having your mind on some, you know, useless something, have your mind on Him. You know, I mean, so much of the revelation I've gotten, I didn't get knelt down praying somewhere. I was sitting at a red light waiting for it to change and just saw something. Huh? I was shaving and just saw something, putting on my shoes and just realized something. I saw it. I don't mean I fell into a trance, but I saw it inside myself. And if I can see it, tell me. I can be it. If I can see me having it, I can have it. If I can see me doing it, I can do it. The enablement comes. And can you see how that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above what we've asked or thought? How? According to this power. Glory to God. This this vision, this power that's working within us, we begin to see things. Amen. Amen. In closing, go to James, please. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> James. First chapter. Oh the Lord's so good. How many believe he has many, many, many wonderful and rich things he wants to show us? He wants us to see. In James, the first chapter, one of the essential things is that you see. You see through fellowship with him communion with him how did jesus see you know he he said everything i do i just do what i see the father do well where and how did he see the father do it just like us there are times he prayed all night long but it didn't mean he prayed all night long all the time but how many believe he was communing with the father while he's walking down the road but he would see things he, he went out to a certain place where these five porches of sick folk are laying around, walked over to one certain individual, spoke to him, the man got up and was healed. Why, how did he do that? Why did he do that? According to him, he saw that. Are you with me? He saw that in his spirit. Why did he go to him? Why did he go to these certain uh, places preach preaching ministry and other places didn't? He saw these things. Do you suppose as we fellowship with God, we can see some things? Yeah. Don't try to over-spectacularize it. Don't try to make yourself fall into a trance or see an open vision or see anything. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, you see it inside yourself. I don't know at the times. I don't know at the times. The Lord's dealt with me, and I saw myself giving this money or I saw myself doing this certain thing and I did it and it led to some great connections and some great things in God. Amen. Amen. I tell you, I saw something this morning and it was a little stronger than just in your mind's eye. I was praying this morning before I actually got out of bed and I saw this place packed out. I saw it. Glory to God. I mean there are people standing around sides. There are people that couldn't get in. Well, glory. If we can see it, we can have it. How many believe that's the will of God? It's God's will for every church in Branson and Harrison and Springfield and every every one of them to be packed. How many of us if everybody would come to God and come back to God, there wouldn't be enough churches? Wouldn't be enough places. Glory. I didn't just tell you that to be stirring you up, I saw it. Glory. Real to me. You need to see some things for your life, don't you? Spend some extra time getting quiet. Pray about it. Don't don't see you know don't clock yourself and say, Okay, I'm a praying. I'm a praying. I'm a praying. Oh boy, I prayed thirty minutes. If that's all you're doing, it's not doing you any good communion you need to be cognizant conscious of who you're talking to realizing he can talk back prayer is not a monologue (laughs) it's a dialogue he talks too don't try to hear voices but just inside yourself be open let him bring thoughts to you let him take you down through a vein of thinking he'll get you to some good places you'll begin to see some things you need to do and how you need to do it. Amen? Amen. It can be the connection between you reaping big harvests off of your financial seed sown. It can be the connection between restoring fellowship and family relationships. Thing after thing, He has the answer. He knows what to do, and He'll show you if you'll you'll listen. Now, now realize there's a big difference between His vision and just your vision. I mean, people sit around and dream up schemes and dream up ideas of their own, but it's just their vision. And then they pray and try to get God to bless it and make it go. That ain't the way to go. Get the vision from Him. It's already anointed. It's already graced. It's already blessed. Get it from Him, and then you'll be going the right direction with His help. In James 1, are you there? James 1 The scripture says, verse 22. Well, let me me back up to verse 21. Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Now, that's not the same thing as being born again, per se. Spirit's being regenerated is being born again. Your soul's not the same thing as your spirit. Your soul needs to be restored. And the Word will save or restore your soul. How many remember Psalm 23? What does it say? He restoreth my soul. Verse 22, but be ye what? Doers. Doers of the Word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You know, I mean, the church is full of folks. And we're not judging anybody, we have to look at ourselves of people who have heard all kind of good and wonderful things, and then they go ten years and none of that comes to pass in their life, and they think, Well, I know that, you know, I wonder why that hadn't been happening in my it doesn't work for you just because you know it. it. Doesn't work for you just because you heard it. It only works for you when you do it. How many doers do I have in here? Hold up your hand, say it out loud, I'm a doer, I'm a doer. <laughs> I'm a doer doer. of the Word of God. God. Verse 23. Now, here's how it works. If any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he's like a man who beholds... Who what? Behold means looks. Right? You're looking, uh, looking at his natural face in a glass or a mirror. We'd say mirror. He's looking... And when you look into that glass, you see an image. And he said, the person who hears and doesn't do, verse 24, he beholds himself, he sees himself, and he goes his way and straightway what? He forgets forgets what manner of man he was. He forgets what he looked like. He forgets what he saw. He forgets it. That's... That describes, and that's how it's working with a person who hears but doesn't do. Verse 25. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty, does that sound familiar? Yes. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there he is. Liberty. liberty, we are with open face beholding as in a mirror or glass the glory of God. We're changed yeah. from glory to glory, changed into what we see by the Spirit of the Lord. He said, whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. This word look in the Greek is continuous tense. Looks and keeps on looking. Looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man, not the other one, but this man shall be blessed in his deed. Do you have to make an effort to keep it in front of you? Yes, you do. I said, yes, you do. I I, I dare say this. Some of the things that some people got stirred up about in their finances on the week of increase, and you saw it, you've already let it slip. Some people have. You're not excited about it like you were. What should we do? You might want to pull those tapes out, right? Right? Look at it again. Why? How can you know it's real inside you? You, you can see it in, You can see it happening in your life in here before it's happening out here. And when you see it, it will excite you. When you think about giving and receiving and you think, Ah, ho-hum, yeah, I know all them scriptures. <laughs> well, you saw it, but you've forgotten it. It's not real to you. You've got to keep it like, like Jacob. Keep putting those rods in front of your eyes. Right? Keep putting those, those specks in those spots. Only in this case, keep putting the righteousness of God in front of your eyes. No matter how many mistakes you've made. You've been cleansed. You've been washed. You've been made the righteousness of God. You've got to keep that in front of you. Don't let the enemy paint pictures of failure and sin in front of you. Paint, let, let the Word paint pictures of righteousness, holiness, freedom. Are you righteous? Yes. Have you been made right? Been made holy? Not because of what you've done, because of what He's done. Been made clean? You're forgiven. Clean. Free. Got to keep that in front of yourself. Not your mistakes. Got to keep healing in front of you. Are you healed? Somebody say, I'm healed. I'm healed. 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 Going to live a short time? Midlife? Long life. With long life, I'll satisfy you show you my salvation that's what the scripture said got to keep it in front of you though you can look at it and while you're reading in the word while you're praying while you're in a service you might get in the spirit more than you realize that you are and boy you see some things you see it just as clear how many can see this principle that you become what you behold is it real to you right now do you have to make an effort though to keep this in front of you you get out of here and get full of beans and cornbread and take a nap you might wake up, it might not be as real to you right. as it is right now. Amen. So you've got to stir yourself up, right? Amen. Get it back out. Read some of these scriptures again. Say it out loud to yourself. Yes. This is how it works. I've got to keep the right thing in front of my eyes. I've got to keep the right thing on my mind. I've got to keep the right thing in my spirit. And he that beholds and continues in it and is a doer of it, what did he say? This man will be blessed. In what he does. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. Once you stand up on your feet, let me lead you in a prayer, lead you in a confession. Oh Lord, you're so good, amen. so faithful. Hallelujah. I know a pastor friend of mine, an acquaintance, and a friend of mine. Some of his staff begin to get a hold of some of these things. One of them always wanted a Ferrari. <laughs> well, Ferraris ain't cheap. And you know his salary, he, he wasn't the head pastor, he was an associate, and he didn't make that much money. and uh, you know, the, I don't think the pastor was making that kind of money. and uh, But he began to get that inside himself, and he just worked on that for years. How I many of you don't have to see how it could happen? If you can believe for one, God can do it. Somebody say oh, that's just stupid. Believing for a Ferrari, he ought to help the poor. You ought to help the poor. <laughs> how do you know what this man was doing? He might have been putting you to shame in helping the poor. Why can't he have a Ferrari and help the poor? It's not what you have. It's how you get it. Did you hear me? And if the Lord adds it to you, then what's wrong with that did, did the Lord give the the understanding to make Ferraris just so drug dealers could drive them are they only for pimps huh only for criminals crime bosses only for ungodly people how about you can you see you driving a new Mercedes huh am I'm about to preach about this again well I I'm not getting enough. I said Jew. Yes. Now, I don't like Mercedes. What do you like? How about one of those new Lincoln pickups? Oh, boy, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, right you know, cowboy <laughs> Cadillac. Whatever the case might be. Yeah. Why can't you have Escalade, I heard. Yeah. I like Escalades. Yeah. Can you see you're driving one? Now, usually the first thing people do is they go, Ah, oh, you know how much them things cost? You had not heard a word I said. <laughs> sometimes you don't even need to look at the sticker because it will mess with your head. Yeah. Just claim one. Yeah. Hmm? I've had Phyllis sometimes tell me before, Don't tell me how much it costs. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it because I'm leaving for one. What difference does it make? I went up to this fellow's church about two years later And I saw a big red Ferrari sitting outside. And I asked the pastor, I said, you got a new Ferrari? He said, no, my associate believed that in. (laughs) Somebody gave that to him. Can you believe that? I said, yeah, i believe it. Sitting there big as you please. Had nothing to do with how much money he made. Could God put you in a good house? Fine house. Yes, he can. Can he bless you so you can give to the poor? Yes. So you got more than just what you need. You got too much just for you. Amen. Glory to God. Close your eyes. Pray this out loud with me. Say it out loud Father God, thank you. You are the Father of spirits. I'm your child, born of your spirit, your very own family. I ask you. Open my eyes. Enlighten the eyes of my heart and my understanding. Quicken me on the inside with your vision. Show me what you want me to see. Show me what I am, what I have, what I can do, what I can be. In Christ Jesus, make it known to me, and what you show me, I will hold precious, and hold on to it, and keep it in front of me, and confess it, and pursue it, and bring it to pass, in my life, to your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just lift up your hands and thank Him for a little bit right now. Thank Him for causing things to go off on the inside of you. That you see yourself doing things He wants you to do. See yourself being all that He's called you to be. See yourself with everything that He wants you to have and distribute and give and do. Oh, you are more than enough. More than enough. You are well able... To do everything that you've called and planned, desired. Said out loud, I can be what I see inside myself. If I see it, I can be it. If I can see it, I can do it. If I can see it, I can can have it. He is able and faithful to do, exceeding, abundantly, above all that have asked, prayed, desired, thought, dreamed, and it's happening according to the power, the power, the anointing, the vision, the Holy Spirit, At work within me. Hallelujah. Praise Him real good one more time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 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 Whoo, glory to God. I don't know about you. I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up. Now, I didn't just lead you in that prayer just to be doing something at the end of the service. I am releasing my faith with you that you're going to be seeing some things today, this afternoon, this evening into next week into the next couple of weeks into the new year, into the new the first month I believe you're going to see some things you may do just like me wake up early in the morning and just see some things in your spirit real clear if you need to, write them down get your little tape recorder put it by your bed or something and, and, and say what you're seeing and, and, and what He's showing you Amen and then begin to expect it he can use you to do anything. anything. He can give you anything He's given anybody else. Yes. Amen. Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Oh, we're going to have you mark money. Yes. Big. Yes. They did what? Yes. They got how much? Yes. They underwrote the whole thing. God. Lord, well, I knew them last year. They couldn't hardly get out of town. Yes. Things can change. Yes. Quickly say it again if I can see it. I can have it. If I can see it, I can do it. What did he say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me.